You're listening to the Sci-Fi Dinette. Come on in, have a seat, have a chat, have a pancake. Hello, diners. It's M. Cyril Garcia, one of the co-hosts of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. And this episode... Uh, the boys are taking a little break, so I thought I'd jump in with some of my gal pals, talk about fun stuff. Uh, we had the pleasure of recording at Game On Comics in Vienna, Virginia, located at 310 Dominion Road, Northeast. Super groovy place to go. Lots of great comics, lots of great games. You can actually rent games there too, which is so nice. So if you don't know what you want to play or how it's going to play, you can always rent it there or they'll even show you how to play it. So those guys are amazing and I love you guys. Thank you so much for letting me take over a little corner with my dear friends Lauren and Anne um, to talk about comic books. Specifically, we kind of went into the whole lady comic books because lady heroes really getting to get a lot of press lately, um, mainly because there's the renaissance of the nerd of comic books and and lots of great books are coming out too and a lot of resurgence of old characters making new light and uh so we had a nice little chit chat had some snacks and we just wanted to share that with you hope you enjoy so okay all right sci-fi diners we're here at the dinette which is actually uh the Game On comic and game shop here in Vienna, Virginia, which everyone should go to. I'm MCO Garcia, one of your regular hosts of the Sci-Fi Diner. Um, however, I've taken it over because the boys are boring. Yay! And I have two dear friends with me. I have Anne, who you've heard before on the dinette. Hello. And I have my dear old friend Lauren. Not that she's old. We've just been friends for a long time. Also joining us at the Sci-Fi Dinette this time around. Hi there, everyone. So today, um, uh, I got the girls together because A, comic books, hello, and B, um, I don't really get to chat with my lady friends about comic books because it, it's just, it, there's just not enough time, especially with how much is out there. And I know that I posted on the Facebook page a video about this new uh, renaissance of the lady hero. So I thought it was perfect timing to get together with my lady friends, have a little beverage and some fruit and some snacks and talk about comic books because why not and really just the this it is a renaissance of the nerd but included in that is this renaissance of of the lady hero from now that we've got we've got comic books that are coming up from the ages and if you watch the video there's there were a couple of great authors who are involved in creating these new comic books and taking the lady heroes um and giving them their own books and their own storylines that isn't that they're not just being saved or they're not just ancillary that they are the most valuable critter so i let's start there like it let's start with the books that we're that we like reading that are about the ladies or books that you want to read like let's start with the comic books and then we'll go into tv and movies how about that 
Um, I'd probably have to say that right now, I mean, Margaret, you and I are kind of sharing th comic books, which is a, a wonderful experience. I'm so glad to be able to do that with friends. Um, but yeah, Lady Thor, I know that's kind of the bad way to, to say that. The Thor series that, you know, right now um, it has been going on. I've really been, you know, pleased and sort of obsessed with that. I have no problem calling it calling her Lady Thor. I mean, she's a lady and she's Thor. Hold on, let me pull the books up. <laughs> I think it's phenomenal. Do you have any of the the new Captain Marvel with Kamala Khan? Yes, yes. I do. because I have and not read those, and I'm really looking forward actually, to reading them. Actually, I think in my box um, file eighty seven might be some of the um, trade books that I needed to pick up as well. Actually, and I've got one through four right here. Oh, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, wait, these are the books. Hold on. And by the way, we're exchanging comic books, so I've read these. Oh, and there's a Spidey Gwen in here that, yes. um, oh, yeah. that I was missing. That's probably my so let's do that. number one at the <laughs> moment. So, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed the, the Lady Thor. Um, Spider Gwen has been pretty phenomenal. And then I enjoyed Miss Marvel, too. That was neat. And I thought that it was from, you know, that in particular was from a little younger of a perspective. I, I, so. I do. I, I like the, the, the younger protagonist. Again, I haven't read them, but the, uh, the concept is one that, that has appealed to me. I like the concept of the younger protagonist. And I love the multiculturalism That's exactly of what I was going to I think that say. that's... You know, from from what I've been told and what I've read about it, um, I love the idea of of her being true to her cultural boundaries, mm -hmm. um, and yet being kickass. Yes, I, I really like that. No, I agree. That was really interesting to me as well, and I had gone into Can it I not realize it's Margaret. Yes, so, yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so please, I'm waiting on the other trade books for that so that I can finish up, and I've got some of the newer ones. But um, her the writer. G. Willow Wilson, she writes, so she writes Ms. Marvel and A-Force, which is another no, collection I need to get into. I was going to say, no, that's one that I haven't started reading yet, but again, if this is any indication, certainly something I'd be interested in. A-Force is, is the Lady Avengers one. Oh, and is that going on through Secret Wars right now? I guess I do not Maybe. know. Okay, I I I have Secret Wars one. I haven't read it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm waiting on the guys have ordered me the guys here at Game On Comics um, <laughs> in Vienna, Virginia. In Vienna, Virginia, have ordered me. Oh, do I have that Batgirl? Yes, I do. Never mind. She's looking um, at the shelf. I am looking talking. at the shelf. There's tons <laughs> of lady comics up there, which is great. Um, although I still don't understand why Archie versus Predator is a thing. No. Um, or, or the, um, oh, the sorry, zombies, the Marvel zombies kind of. Girl. I know! <laughs> that, was a little, that was a little bothersome to me. I mean, I'm all into Walking Dead and stuff, but I guess I just didn't need to see my superheroes turn into zombies. I know! I don't really understand what that's about, but no. there's, there's a need for that, I guess. There's an audience for that. Yes. But, um... Lauren's actually got me into the X-Men with the ladies. The, <gasps> the Wicked and the Divine. Oh, yeah. Hey, Brandon, can I add this to my list? Thank you. <laughs> so we're transacting while There's we are Archie, recording today. Brandon, our, our very kind and very patient um, uh, store guru representative, guru representative <laughs> who's very sweetly having to put up with the ladies yammering away, but we'd happily make you a Bellini as well if you'd like. Okay. <laughs> it's um, too frou-frou. 
Um, oh, oh, Lady X Men. So the Lady Avengers. Well, mm-hmm. along with Lady Avengers, Lauren clued me into um, Lady X Men, which I still have a pack to read of her. Okay, now here's the thing. I'm I'm kind of on. Un- while I like the whole lady superhero thing, the segregation thing is getting a little weird. I agree. Because you, you know. One of the things I've always liked about the X-Men for so long is that women were such an integral part of it. And they were, you know, just as important to what the team did as the the male counterparts. And I really, really liked that. Um, I liked the fact that for so long you had Storm as leader of the Mm. Um, X-Men. I'm I'm not so sure how I feel about this quote-unquote Lady Avengers thing. I mean, I, I, I... don't I, I don't want a segregated I, I don't want this comic to be for girls and this comic to be for boys right I agree with that I think it's interesting or I think for me I think it's kind of fun if it's a finite like mm-hmm. run like know, a limited no, series yeah exactly do I want to see something you know go on forever no but is it interesting to see women in power interacting with each other and trying to get along because women have a different dynamic on a team than mm. men do so you mean have comics pass the Bechtel test <laughs> <laughs> well the um, let me I wrote her name down Kelly Sue DeConnick she writes Captain Marvel pretty deadly and then new comic bitch planet. She has something called the sexy lamp test. Yes. I thought this was hilarious. Let me get my notes. So if you take a story and you remove the female character and replace it with a sexy lamp and the plot still functions, there's a problem. (laughs) And you should probably rewrite your draft. How awesome is that? That is now my twofer for when I look at something. The Bechtel test and now the sexy lamp test. Well, and it keeps, it just makes me think about going back to um, a Christmas story with the sexy leg lamp with the like, fishnet. So oh when, my that, God, that, is when ex- that came up, that's exactly the lamp I'm thinking. It's a major award. Into, plugged into the it's plot. It's a major award. Yes, it's fragile. It must be a It dying. is alien, clearly. It's, I, I, I can't, I can't love that anymore. There's... So now I, I look at when I look at the the list of what's to come for movies and TV and and every story that has a woman in it, um, I it's that's that's my new measuring stick. That and the Padme moment. The, when you what what is the Padme moment? So the Padme, if you remember in the Star Wars fan fiction film, um, the last the third one, okay. where um, Anakin starts becoming Darth Vader and being evilly and all that, and um, Padme does starts. I think the line is, I can't go where you're going. And then, um, you're breaking my heart. Where she just, she completely takes the strong female character and turns her into a giant estrogen pile of Bowl of mush. Glue. <laughs> yes. And it drives me nuts. At the but end of- she was pregnant. You know that messes with girls' brains. I don't care. That was just like... Well, I didn't like the storyline anyway. Yeah, I, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. I, I, so I, The Hobbit, like, it didn't become a moment for me until I saw the last movie of The Hobbit when um, <clears throat> that female, the female elf, when the... Arwen. Oh, and yes. Arwen, the, uh, when she's holding the, that really adorable little um, dwarf who dies and she's kind of fallen in love with him and the other dwarf walks up and she looks up and she's got the okay. tear. Okay, no. She says, sweetie, sweetie. You're talking about The Hobbit. Totally yes. different film. No, I said The Hobbit. No, you said one. Lord of the Rings. I thought I said The Hobbit. Well, well maybe the Hobbit. it's me. I haven't seen The Last Hobbit. Well, you don't have to. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to watch the last half hour. Is what you really, The last 20 minutes, really. 
So there's a point where the may the the not Arwen but the other one who is supposed right right the, yeah, supposed to fall in the love redhead, with Legolas. The yes, uh, Evangeline Lily. Um, she's got one of the dwarves in her arms who she falls in love with and she adores him. And here walks up. She's on this battlement. They've just saved the day and she's sad. Okay, but she. Her line is, why does it hurt so much? And it's really overly done that way, too. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my God. I, I lost it right there. The movie was completely done for me there. Because it had the Padme moment. So whenever I see a strong, beautiful, amazing, wow. you know, kick-ass character who falls back to the, you know, heartbroken, you know, lady trope, I get really annoyed. The character kind of loses credibility at that point because you wonder, or at least, you know, for some of those that are, when those moments are so overdone, I do kind of wonder, is that truly what that, how that character would react? I'm not sure anymore that she's true to her own character. Of course. I mean, we all have emotion. We would all, you know, have moments of, you know, breakdown or or whatnot. But, like, in terms of, like, yeah, I agree. Sometimes you see it. It's a complete 180. I I totally understand with the Padme moment. Because, I mean, up until that, she was a very interesting character in the first fan fiction. I love how you call them that, the fan fiction. They're fan films. <laughs> but in The Phantom Menace, you know, she was just a fascinating character mm. in that. And and by the end of the last one, it was it was sad. You know, that the whole implication yeah. that she died of a broken heart. You yeah. Know, just mm-hmm. absurd. Nobody dies of a broken heart. I can't take well, that. she was a senator. I mean, like, she tough skin. I mean, it's I'd like point, to I mean, see Hillary Clinton lose her. She would never lose her shit like that. Wow. <laughs> she would never lose her business like that at all. I don't get it. And I don't get it, like, the, and in the video, that the little video article, um, some of the writers point out that in the 1990s is kind of when comic books... The ladies before that, ladies were always being saved, and then Wonder Woman was created specifically by I can't remember his name, but he did it because he was sick of seeing this misogynistic, only male world. So he brought in Wonder Woman, but then Wonder Woman started to evolve into her place as a secondary character, and a lot. And some of the I, from what I read as a kid, they were always you know there to help and needed saving. Well, that, and then, that, that's I, I do have to, to throw in that that's not necessarily the case. They did have their 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 moments when they were the star and that was their thing. It's just that they were vastly outnumbered. Oh yeah. By the male protagonists, and and that was the nature of the market at that point because you didn't have a lot of girls at, at that guys. time. Thank you know. It's been one year that you've had Sunday encounters, and so I wanted to get pizza. Can we pause? Right, cool. cool. Pizza, yay! <laughs> but at that point, you had I, I love pizza. Well, whoever else is here, whoever's in the back, it's just me. More pizza then. <laughs> that is really sweet. That's why I'm, we're recording in a comic book shop because there is stuff. I love the din, and they're having their D and D group here uh, every I think Sunday. That's cool. They I think have that's cool. Um, Brandon. When do you guys have magic? Uh, we have magic on Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesdays and Fridays. They have. I've been here on a Wednesday when I walk in. It's usually like all the guys kind of freeze, like when you turn on the lights and all the co- and all the mice kind of go what? <laughs> There's a girl in here. This well, is a it's a great shop. Well, it is a great shop. If the customers come in and bring you pizza, I know they just doing something right. Pizza right? for the guys. Everybody. Oh yay! <laughs> thanks. But um, anyway, my point being Sorry. that um, 
at that particular time, you know, the I used to, I worked in a comic book store in the eighties, mm. and how I got my job was I was nineteen years old, cute as a button, walked in, was buying my comic books because I'd been reading them forever, and uh, essentially the. I, I mentioned something about needing a job. The owner said, you want a job? Boom. Never had a job in my life. Wow. But I was hired because I was a cute girl to work in the comic book store. Nice. You know, because you didn't have that. Um, but there were, when you saw a comic with a strong female lead, it was noticeable. Mm. You know, and, and I have quite the collection of them, but it, 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 it's not that they didn't have their moments, they didn't have their strong storylines, they didn't have their moments to shine, it's just that they were vastly outnumbered, and mm. that was the nature of the market. Um, and I love the fact that the world is turning, and the market is changing, and it is now acceptable to girls to be girls who like comic books. Because when I was in high school, it really was not acceptable to girls to be a girl who liked comic books. Mm. So I, I love the way the world has changed and that this, this opportunity opens up and is being embraced. You know, maybe not wholeheartedly and fully and there's you know, the, the ugly section of the market who makes things unpleasant. Right. But I, I do like that, that that is changing and becoming more accepting. I, I like it a lot. It was, I can't think of her name, but I can look it up. Um, the girl who writes Batgirl, the new Batgirl. Uh-huh. She and the artist who, who draws her, too. The two of them have kind of come together. And, it's, it's, and you can kind of see it in Ms. Marvel, too. The girl characters, these young women who are becoming superheroes, are still really girly. The artist from um, Batgirl says that when there's one panel where you see her, uh, you know, in bed curled up, and you look at her side table, and it doesn't just have a lamp. It's got, you know, earrings, mismatched earrings, and a couple of bobby pins, and maybe, like, whatever sundries you kind of shed before you go to bed. That's... That's what a girl would have, and she's Relatable. still very girly. She still wants, she still, you know, there's a guy she really likes. And Miss Marvel, dealing with what she deals with, it's, it's not even dealing, it's just living her life as a young Pakistani girl, as a Muslim, and trying to maintain who she is, but now having to embrace this new person that's within her. I love that, and she's still like, she still notices boys, and she's still, she's still being a girl, but... She doesn't have to be uber butch or from a, an island or somewhere. She's just a girl. She's just a regular girl, and this is what happened, and now she has to keep moving on. And I like that it's, it's so real. I'm, and I know she's just a... I, I love it. I, I'm, in, I'm completely in love with the Miss Marvel story right now. Well, and I like that, again, with the young protagonists that we've you know, touched on, you know, they don't have everything figured out. And mm. so you're on the journey with them. And yes. so that's, you know, I think an interesting facet that, again, you hadn't seen in decades past because we weren't focused on, you know, young women in these particular roles. And if you did see, when you did see them, they were already, like, securely in their right. presence, in their character, you know, right. however you want to, you know, call that. So it, it is neat to be able to sort of be along the ride. I do. I, I, I like that as well. I, I like the fact that it's, 
it's not cookie cutter. Mm. It's not, you know, your, it, it's not white bread. It's not cookie cutter. It's not the same old thing you've seen every time. It's something new. It's something outside of the mainstream. That I, I just, I, I find that intriguing a lot. It's nice to see this influence. The, um, especially, I think Marvel started doing it a little bit better when they started hiring more women as their editors and more women as their, in their executive staff. Mm-hmm. Because it was brought up to them that there's, there are few women in our, few women characters in our catalog. And they're all, they're all kind of stagnant. They haven't really moved. So I love that, that, that they were open to that. That the, the editor in chief, Axel, I can't I can't think of his last name. He was open to that. And then DC kind of followed suit. Jim Lee at DC had noticed he's got little girls and he doesn't really have any books to give his little girls. And so that it's 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 following the journey. It's opening up to a whole different world that I I am happy to buy comic books for myself, but if I find a little girl who wants to read I will I will spend money and give her books too. I will not loan her my books because she's dirty. But <laughs> I'll loan her trade books, but not actual book books. Um, I'm fascinated. I love that I look at this wall. Uh, Phil, there's Batgirl. There's a Wonder Woman. There's a bunch of. I love that on the Agents of Shield. Oh, what is that? Bat Rat Children. Rat Queens. Rat Queens. What is that? Awesome series. Uh, fantasy series about four women who absolutely kick butt. <laughs> All right. I gotta add it to the list. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, get me that too. <laughs> Rat Queens. Rat Queens. Okay. Very tongue in cheek um, fantasy sword and sword and sorcery series, but um, great. That great is female cool. characters. Wow. Just, just love to Oh, good art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just thinking that. And neat that each of the the four main characters seem to be fo- so divergent mm-hmm. from each other in terms of that's I would assume backgrounds and mm-hmm. you know maybe even you know ethnicity or that is the other thing I love is it in in now that that's cool. there's much more diversity in the comic books uh-huh. and it doesn't even but but you you've always had that I mean you look at the X Men. And the, the, the mm-hmm. wide diversity. I, I, I'm sorry, I always go back to the X-Men because that's always been my favorite comic strip. Me comic too. Book. That's totally why you I know, got into comics. You, you, you've got uh, your Russians with the mm. Rasputins. You've got uh, your Germans with Nightcrawler. You've got Storm, who's... African. Right. So you've got mm. a wide variety of what's, what's going on there, mm-hmm. which is the whole nature of... I'll be honest though. So I, while I'm totally on board with you with X Men and they're completely my favorite, and why I always got into comics. But um, I was always I don't know something about it. That, so back in the '80s, I guess when I was reading them a bit heavier, um, you know, they, still the the female leads, yes, were active, you know, full participants of the team. I enjoyed that. I like that. But they were still a little sugary sweet for me. I'm telling you, I loved Mystique. I wanted to be one of the bad girls. I mean, I don't know what it was because it just felt like a little more of you're in charge of yourself. Oh, oh at, yeah. At that the, the, the female villains are the. Best. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I have to tell you, one that has always appealed to me, and, and it, it's, I, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, is the White Queen. 
Yes, yes. And I, I love, loved her I too. Mean, yeah. I don't care that she's in her bustier and her thigh highs, fishnets, right, right. whatever. Love the White Queen. Yeah, I don't know why. Yes, yeah. but I, oh yeah, like I'm gonna wear a skull belt and some you know, whatever. Anyway, and my skin's blue, but you know. <laughs> yes, no, I, it is. It's something about the air that that they carry themselves with, and mm-hmm. that you had a little more, and maybe because they were, you know, the the bad girls or the the evil, you know, uh-huh. side of things. They, you know did a little more on their own whereas again the the women that were on the team you know for the you know the heroes you know you're 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 expected and need to work within the confines of that team and you probably have you know rules and your stuff you know everybody's raised within their culture i mean look at kitty pride who is always one of my favorite Mm x-men she's a young girl you know, yeah. at a vulnerable point in her life, and not a normal young girl, because not everybody can, like, walk through walls. But, you know, it's... She's going to be naive and vulnerable and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you... I, I guess the idea is that all of these people are not normal. Right, right. And how you handle being not normal varies between women and men. Mm-hmm. Some women handle it really, really kick-ass, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Some women don't. And it's the same thing with men. I mean, I'm sorry, Peter Parker is a dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> he is, you know, the way he handles this whole Spider-Man thing, you know, certainly in, in the early comics, is just like, grow a backbone, little boy. <laughs> you know. And, and you've got the other end of the spectrum. You've got what? What? Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Mm. Okay, I'm sorry. Mr. Fantastic may be really interesting in bed, but if you had to live with him day to day, mm. he would drive any normal woman crazy. And he did drive his wife, mm-hmm. Sue Richards, absolutely crazy. I'm sorry. I, I, I've always hated her character because, you know, here, here she yes. is. Mrs. Fantastic and her superpower is to be invisible. Invisible. I am. I mentioned that to Dan and he said, well, no, if she was perfect, she would be mute. (gasps) I'm going to smack Dan. (laughs) I'm smacking your husband upside the head. Okay. Can I watch? Yes. I'll do it repeatedly before he leaves for Mars. Oh my God. That's... I didn't really dawn on me until just now that her job, her, her superpower was to be invisible. Mm-hmm. That's just. I should just have the force field and all that, but still, yeah, that's but her superpower right, her is main, to be invisible. Right. I don't like that. I, I'm not. I'm, I was I'm never crazy saying. about her either because she was. No. She was always the damsel being. No, well, we gotta save Sue. We gotta save Sue. I know no, I, I don't. She, the only one of them who had a decent superpower was was Johnny Storm. I mean, come on, you burst into flame. That's cool. Right. Yeah, and fly. And fly yeah. together. Stretching for things like, oh, yay, I can reach the tab shelf at the grocery store. Huzzah. But the one who got screwed is poor Ben Grimm. Oh, it turned into a giant stone? A walking, talking stone? Okay, and what is about this thing with the, the guys like, okay, you've got Ben Grimm. Yeah. Whose girlfriend is blind. Yeah. You've got Nightcrawler, whose girlfriend is blind. So, do these guys never, do these girls never touch their boyfriends? Does Ben Grimm's girlfriend not realize that he's made of stone? Does Nightcrawler's girlfriend not realize he's covered in fur? I mean, what what's with that? Wasn't that like Daredevil and Elektra too? I mean, yeah. she's just not blind. He is. <laughs> it's hard for me to tell. Can t- you not figure out that's Elektra? <laughs> yeah, you should know her pretty well. Very well. 
Very, very well. But I'm still, my, the, those two, mm. the saving grace for Daredevil was the Netflix series. Yeah. And that was awesome. As series. I bring up television awesome. then, like, so I can't wait for Daredevil to come back. They've got like four other Marvel comics characters in the works to be more Netflix um, mm-hmm. shows, which I love. And now I'm excited to see women in shows. I mean, growing up, I watched Wonder Woman and that's all I had. And Bionic Woman. That is it. Oh, sweetie, you know what we had? Okay. You may you may be too young, but do you remember Saturday morning television? Elect- Isis. Oh, yes, that re-ran. Isis. Oh, my God. And then Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, but that was... Yes. That was, that was camp at its best. I mean, there was it was hilarious and awesome, but it was camp at its best, and now... We have Agent Carter, who I consider a superhero now. Mm-hmm. I love Agent Carter, but we had we had Daphne and Velma. Okay, so you, okay. Could, you yeah. could be pretty or you could be smart. Smart, right? But you can't you be, both. be both. Right? Yeah, that was rough. So now we're getting so Agent Carter is now one of my favorite new superheroes. I love that. We're getting Supergirl. Are They're, we getting Supergirl? We're getting Supergirl mm-hmm. on CBS. Cool. Uh, there is talk. Of what's her name on Arrow? Um, uh, the Black Canary. Sweet. However, I liked original Black Canary, not you know Dead Sister's sister now being Black Canary because she's a whiny pain in the neck, and I don't know what's going to happen with that. If it was the original Black Canary that they had in I think season two or three of the Arrow TV show, she was amazing. She was tortured and. And just strong, and this one is just tortured and whiny, and you know, oh, I have to go to another A meeting and save the world. But she, she's not like, <laughs> she's kind of, you know, like um, she's. I don't know if it's the actress. I don't know if it's the writer. I want to say it's, it's the way she's being written because Arrow is so strong, and then you have John Barrowman's character. So it's we were getting Supergirl. We're getting two female ones in Netflix, and I had posted to Facebook and actually asked like. Um, there's there's really nothing else in the works. Wonder Woman didn't work as a as a TV show again yet, but I hope that comes back. Yeah. I'm wondering like who else could they get? Everything I've read about the new uh, Batman Superman movie says that the Wonder Woman aspect of that is going to be awesome. I hope so. I, I mean, she doesn't get billing, but you know, she had better get a decent origin story because she's supposed to have a movie a year a release. Yeah, yeah. a year after the release. So they had better do something really good, or I'm going to be very opinionated, which is shocking. Um, I had posted on the internet before I came, um, I asked people, which super super lady would you like to see, or uh, which female superhero would you like to see get her own film, and who would you pick to direct it? I was really happy to see a whole bunch of responses. Captain Marvel, I know we're getting a movie, which is nice. Um, I don't, uh, someone like Storm's origin story. Her origin yeah. story is very good. I think so, too. Very and then here we go. So Batgirl Oracle. It would be nice to have a Batgirl, like a good Batgirl film, not that atrocity that was created right. X amount of years ago. I will never forgive Alicia Silverstone for that. No. Never? Never. I'll never forgive her for what she did to Batgirl for me. Okay. I can't. Well, oh, what she about Hulk? Halle Berry and Catwoman? 
Ugh. Sorry, that one's worse. The worst. Oh yay, Spidey Gwen. So and Wonder Woman. That would be that would be so awesome. Um, I would like to actually see Rogue have her own, because she's always been one of my very fast. I've always been fascinated by Rogue because she's. Can you imagine going through life and never being able to touch someone? I know. Yeah. I mean, that's just especially. I. That's real torture. I'm a touchy-feely person, so actually I'm not touchy-feely, but I'm a toucher. So I just, I can't imagine not being able to ever touch someone. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that would be a great one. You couldn't have sex. You couldn't, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't, and it's, it's such a vital form of you communication. Right. You can kiss Iceman because he does that little freezy things to his lips, but that would be like kissing an ice cube, so no. Yeah. Never mind, I take that back. So um, our friends at the Hollywood Outsider podcast wrote Captain Marvel, and they would want Machel M- Michelle McLaren to direct. Rogue with Steven Soderbergh directing. That okay. would be cool. Yeah. Uh, get J.J. Abrams, Brad Bird, or Christopher McQuarrie to direct Black Widow as a film. I would mm. love that. I, I, Black Widow's backstory is so tragic that I... I I, I, I think that it would make a fabulous story. Here's some more Black Widow, Wonder Woman, Storm. Oh, get Guillermo del Toro to do one. Oh, I would like to see Guillermo del Toro do. That would have to be a dark one, I think. That would have to be really dark. Yeah. I mean, which, again, I think would be interesting. Oh, you know what? He could Give do him. magic. He could do, he could do Il- Ilyana Rasputin. Yes, Hers yes. is awful. Oh, Her yeah. story is awful. Harley Quinn. <laughs> I'm going back to the whole villainess thing. I, I I do like the villains. I do I, like my villains. What's the movie that's coming out? The Suicide Squad. I really hope that they do um, that they do her justice. I've always adored her as a character. I always thought she was fun and crazy. I thought she, you know, her attachment to to the Joker was weird but interesting and then the fact that when in different comics when joker things would happen to joker she held on on her own pretty damn well she's she's a nut job and adorable at the same time i would like to see that these were all really good suggestions kamala khan and miss marvel directed by amy heckerling that would be neat to start that actually would be neat to get kamala to be that would be like a you get your tweens, well, definitely, <laughs> if you think about your audience, but that's a great story. Well, definitely. It would be kind of neat to see the those two things, those two franchises evolve at the same time, because we're still young enough in the actual comics that, again, if you start seeing what the fans really react to and like in the movies as well, you know, it might help those, you know, writers kind of take it in a place where they might not have thought of originally. That's going to be interesting to watch her story evolve. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. I'm to see how many times she gets grounded by her parents. Oh, all the time. I love, love her dad. I love that he he's gets that she's trying to figure out who she is. And she's she's yeah. trying to figure out who she is in the world of her family, her, her that life. And then to have that life when she goes outside the door, it's America. It's a big friggin' deal. It's, I, 
my family situation was not as hardcore, but I remember like the minute you walked into the door of my parents' house, you were in you were in Brazil. You followed the rules and you lived a certain life and I don't care what the Americans are doing. I don't care what your friends do. This is how you're supposed to behave and this is how you're supposed to react. And then you go outside the door and you know, I go to high school and you got to be a normal American. I got to try and be a normal American kid, which yeah. I think eventually worked out well thanks to some therapy and alcohol <laughs> but just i'm curious her life is so much richer than and much more devout that it it would be beautiful to mm-hmm. to create i think even i don't even think it needs to be a movie i think it needs to be a tv show there's so much to tell i mean you need 20 episodes easily or if you could even do a 12 episode one like they're doing with um daredevil is like 10 or 12 Netflix needs to do this. Do you hear me, Netflix? Not that any of you listen. But you should. There you go, yeah. As I point to the microphone, like they're on the other side I, I of think it. it would make a, a, a very nice limited series. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I can't think of anything. What else is new and interesting? Well, I mean, we've got the movies coming, which I'm still not impressed with. Well, I have to tell you, my... Uh, as female superheroes go in the movies right now, Furiosa and Mad Max. I love that character. I absolutely... I didn't particularly care for the movie because I don't like action films. But I really love that character and I love the world they built. Um, but well, loved, I was intrigued by the world they built. It was not a nice place. You can't say yeah, really sure. loved it, but it was... Yeah. Or, I mean, all right. So cinematically, sitting in my super cushy chair with my cocktail and air conditioning, watching it was stunning. Living in it, no thank you. No thank you. So I pulled a list of from the Bird and the Bat Tumblr. Um, she's, I love reading what she posts. She made a list of all the male-led comic book film adaptations, and the list is ridiculously long. And then the female-led comic book film adaptations, there's really only two in this list that I thought were any good. So the list is, there's Supergirl, Red Sonja, Tank Girl, Barbed Wire, Ghost World, Josie and the Pussycats, Elektra, Catwoman, and Whiteout. Okay, please tell me how Josie and the Pussycats fits in there. Well, it was a comic book. Yeah. And it was made into a movie. I know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, and Jem so, is coming out. Yes. Yay. I, I'm kind of interested. In I want to go see it. I'll we should honest. go see it at the fun theater with the great chairs and the okay. lobster rolls. I had totally forgotten about Red Sonja. <laughs> I that, that was that was a comic series that I, I actually have several of them. I really liked the Conan the Barbarian and Red Sonja. Um, I keep thinking Red Sonja is a, a Russian sub. <laughs> I can think of it as Red October, Red Sonia. Yeah, she's her book restarted like a couple of like last year, and it's yeah. su- it's supposed to be amazing. Yeah, I was so disappointed in the Electra movie. Yeah, because uh. Electra is such a fascinating character. She's fierce, and then to have yeah. you know that was sad. I know, me too. I wonder I if they'll bring her into the ne- into the Netflix Daredevil world. Because they've maybe I I don't know like not as a char- not as a main character but maybe towards the end making of you know yeah. I, I I have to tell you I really kind of don't like when shows bring all the 
the ancillary characters in and they just cram the them team in willy-nilly. Um, it, it's like the, the last season of Once Upon a Time. I loved oh, Once yeah. Upon a Time. It was fabulous. And then when they started pulling in all the frozen people, up to and including the oh. stupid reindeer. Yeah. I mean, I stopped, oh. I stopped watching. I was done. Yeah. I was done. When they pulled the villains up... And Three they, of them at once. At and once. Like what? And, and they were that are unrelated. Terrible. Yeah. They were terrible. The only one that I ended up liking was Cruella. There was a point where she was actually kind of delicious, uh, and uh, Maleficent was okay. She was okay, but Ursula was a disaster, yeah. an absolute disaster. It's and I there's a TV show out called uh, Descendants. Where it's the children of the villains. It's on the Disney Channel. Is it I really? I just learned about oh, this really? today. Okay, let me add that to my list. Yes. I, I'm going to go dig around the interwebs to see if I can find a couple episodes. But I thought that was kind of neat. That they've gone, they've stretched out. They're trying, I mean, financially, they get a whole new audience that they can bring in. But it's a neat twist on things. Well, it's, it's, like it's actually Jackson really, it's, yes. it's yes. cool for Disney because it's great marketing. It mm. opens up a whole new um, avenue of marketing for them. And the you can essentially, I, I love that idea. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, on this list of films, the only one that I really, really liked was Tank Girl. Love Tank Girl. I didn't Girl. see that. What was that? It was weird, and it was in the 90s, and it was the comic book brought to life. It was... I, I don't so know. it was true to... All right, so now yeah, we yes. add Tank Girl to our list. It's okay. weird. My list is getting wonderful. really long today. This is cool. This is going to be a good day. I can't recommend Tank Girl enough, but I do remember Supergirl, and it was okay. It was cute, but at the time... But I did like when uh, when Smallville came out. They used actors from the Superman movies to come, and the gal who played Supergirl, whose name escapes me, played um, Superman's mom in Smallville. Like his mom, mom is Kryptonian mom. I did not know that. It was awesome. That's pretty cool. Margot Kidder showed up, and well, you know, uh, before he passed away, Christopher Reeve showed up. Right. Um, and then they had the guy who was on Lois and Clark. What's his oh, name? Oh, he's so cute. Dean. Dean. Mm. Not Stockwell. Dean. <laughs> not Martin. <laughs> too. Um, Dean. Dean, that guy. Yeah. He showed up on Smallville, too, and yeah. I really liked it. There was supposed to be some other cameos the last season, but I broke up with the show before then because it just it went too far. Yeah. It went way too far. I was getting annoyed with Lois. What was... Oh, Lois got powers and had to leave because she couldn't... She, her powers came from Kryptonite. So she couldn't be around Clark anymore. Oh no! Because she would kill him. That's okay. I just, when I was going through my comics, I just loved the whole. There's an actual comic. Of Lois, Lois Lane, Lane, Superman's girlfriend. That's it's. This is the most amazing thing in the world. So on the cover, which I will take a photo of and post with this, um, is Lois Lane uh, tied to a tree with a boa constrictor, and Superman's coming to save her. Lois Lane special, Serpent in Paradise. Plus, surprise feature. That's just, that's fantastic. This is from February, what year? Um, it's 20 cents, so it's probably late 60s. Wow. Do we have to have gloves to read those? No. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. I would, I don't need Lois Lane to have her own, her own movie. These, these no. were the ones that I got from my cousin that... 
they were tied up with string, stacked together, tied up with string in a back building on my grandmother's property in Illinois. So whenever I would go visit my grandmother, the family would all sit around doing their chatting, and God knows that was boring. So I'd go out to the back building and read comic books. So let's see if there's a copyright. At least you didn't find Playboys. <laughs> Ew. Although back then they would have been artful. <laughs> 1973. Okay. Yeah. I was two years old. That's amazing. You've got some lady comics here, too. Whisper. Who was Whisper? She was uh, very short-lived, kind of a, a ninja, ninja, said, ninja yeah. arts type thing. And then Shauna the She-Devil. She kind of looks like Hera. This she is, is cool. Look at, look this at is one of my favorites. This Anna. is... Uh, Diana Prince Wonder Woman. This is when she wasn't wearing the Wonder Woman dress. She was Diana Prince. She wore like a white cat suit. Now that's something you can fight in. Yes, it's very reasonable. And if it's cold, you're warm. Mm -hmm. And I thought you would like this one. I have the one. I love her go-go boots. And you can bleach it when you get it dirty. I mean, yes, seriously. It's so much easier to clean. Well, if you're wearing nothing at all, there's nothing to clean except yourself. You can just be done in a shower. This is amazing. These are awesome. Whisper could use a movie. That would be fun to bring her back. Not really. She's not one of my favorites. I just brought her because I was going through my comics trying to find things that had uh, female superheroes on them. And my daughter was with me, and she's going through, and she's pulling out all my elf quests, going, Mom, I didn't know you had these. And it's like, because I didn't want you to. Oh, my sweet Jesus. Valkyrie. It's just, it's cleavage a go-go. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> I love, you will love this one. This is the one where they were trying to determine Supergirl's new outfit. <laughs> so it's the Fashion Plates Adventure Comics. This is 15 cents. This is an older book. 1970. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and for a while, she had this one with the the, um, the thigh-high boots. And then she I like her business suit one here. That's The business suit one, yeah. The, it's very Rue McClanahan. And then she went to the one with the poet sleeves. Where's that? Poet sleeves? Yeah. She's got... With, oh, with, with the, the, the hot pants and the poet sleeves and the little... Elf slippers. Oh my gosh. Some of these are kind of sassy, but some of these are just. Hmm, what should I wear to save the world? These are epic. I do like this with the. This one's actually kind of fun. Yes, Diana Prince not wearing panties here. I mean, seriously. I <laughs> need some bloomers, ladies. Yes. It does look like she's gone commando. <laughs> well, you don't want panty line in that dress. You can get, like, a thumb, I mean, at least cover your place. Yeah, I know. Just cover your place. <laughs> I'm so excited about the cat suit. Then I go in and see that she's not wearing it. Yeah, she's not in that Here a lot. She is. She's in her cat suit later. There. <laughs> it's a little drafty if I wear the dress. Because commando. <laughs> well, then, all right. So as I go through the men, the, the male-led comic book movies, how many of them had damsels in distress? All of them. Batman, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, he had Robin in distress, <laughs> which he was kind of a little, I, it's a PG show, so I can't say what I want to say. Bat, okay, so when Batman came back, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, 
there were some strong ladies in there. They needed a little bit of saving, but they had their own, they stood their own ground. They had their own careers. And, yeah. Like Catwoman in that movie could have been a little stronger, but she was certainly better than the Halle Berry Catwoman, which I cannot forgive Halle Berry for. Well, there's the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, too. Yeah. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer or, Catwoman. Or, or, or Pepper Potts. Pepper yeah, Potts, thank you. I think about that, yeah. I forgot about... Does she become a like, why a haven't super? they made her a suit yet? Yeah. They she's just kind of, do that. She's like Agent Carter, in that she might not even need a super suit. She's just... She just is. She just is. Yeah. Like Oracle. Like Oracle, not Batgirl, but Oracle. Oracle, yeah. as long as she has access to the internet, she can do anything and screw over anybody. <laughs> she has that will and that skill. I'd like to see a Lady Thor. Yeah. I'd like... Uh, I'm t- I, I, well, I, I, and think- I think that that's so interesting. We didn't talk a whole lot about it, but I think that's mm. so interesting because of the motivation behind that person. I'm hesitant to say anything because I don't know who's read it. Right. So I don't want to reveal anything, but, you know, when you see at the end of that, what was it, a seven-book series or something? I think or so. something like that. You know, when you find out who Lady Thor is at the end, and you're like, oh, you know, even if you suspected, you know, along there, I think it's, you know, sort of a, a selfless sort of motivation and feeling of, you know, obligation to, you know, the planet Earth and whatnot. And you really kind of, you know, there's women, whether you see that through motherhood or whether you see it through just nurturing or whatnot, it's very woman-like sort of feeling of responsibility. And I, you know, I felt that that motivation was kind of very sincere. So I enjoyed that. I like that it was Frigga who brought her Mm-hmm. To the to the to the hammer, the Frigga knew what was going on. And I was so mad as I was reading and learning about the Orfather disappearing and then coming back and then him go, all right, I'm back, I'm king of the castle again. And Frigga was like, um, things have been running really well without you, and we're gonna keep it that way. And he got all, you know, Pouty. he got his junk in a joint because <laughs> she. That's one way to say okay. it. Yeah. No, I'm breathe. sorry. That's a phrase I have never heard before. Let me write that one down. But it's going into my vocabulary. <laughs> Don't get your junk in a joint. We were PG. <laughs> we are. I didn't say, you know. Yeah. There are so many other things I could say. <laughs> junk in a joint was the only thing that came to mind yeah. to clear that up. But that was that was so frustrating and. I want to go looking and seeing, all right, well, I need to go back and look at Thor. I want to see when Frega took over, when the Allfather disappeared, the Allfather disappeared, and Frega kind of took the reins and see what it was like in, in, in Asgard, if it made a difference, which difference she did. Because there's another strong female character who I loved her. She was a saving grace in the second Thor movie. <laughs> Okay. You all right? I, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Okay. I really liked her. Can't remember her name to save my life, but I really liked her. The lady who played Frigga. No, actually, I was thinking of. We're thinking of two different people. So you're thinking of Frigga's mom. She died. But in the comic book, she's still alive. Thor's not one of my favorites. Although, sidetrack, side note, Netflix has a series from New Zealand called
called The Almighty Johnsons. And it's about... Sorry, <laughs> don't laugh. The Almighty Johnsons. Apparently, the, um, the, the Asgardians got all pissy. There was some fighting, whatever. They're being reincarnated as humans on Earth. Oh, really? Yes. And so when the human who is Odin meets the human who is Frigga and they get married, then the Asgardians will have their powers back, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's the whole mythos of this story. It's But it's, it's these New Zealanders, this dysfunctional family going through... That's they're hilarious. trying to figure out what they're doing. It's quite amusing. I highly recommend The Almighty Johnsons. It's on Netflix. I'm sure have to watch that. Oh, someone's being a funny butt and said he would like to see Black Widow played by Tom Cruise. Yay, you're a, you're funny. I know who he is, and I'm going to block him from the site now. Suck it! This is, I'm asking, like, genuinely asking people... You know, what would you? Who do you want? I don't want this funny. You're, and it's not funny because, although Tom Cruise was okay, I, I think that might actually be pretty. Tom know, Cruise's Black Widow, an interesting parody. I'm a, I'm all for you know the gender bend on a character, but I like Black Widow. Well, and that would be an interesting topic at some point too, like the gender bending. You know, whether it be through. You know, translated into, you know, a series or whatnot, because some of them work out better and some of them way worse. Well, and, and here's the thing to me. What I would really like to see is is less Batgirl, Supergirl, yeah. you know, Girl. female version of the male. And just, just have their own. You know, instead of Batgirl, character. Oracle. Mm. Okay, I, 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 I want the female characters to be entities of themselves and not a derivative a, a, a derivative of an existing franchise. Well, and I think we're I think we're getting and, and there. we're getting there and I think yeah. that's that's cool. You get a lot of that in X-Men. A lot of those which when I heard Stanley someone asked Stanley the question about why he created and when he created the X-Men and what was the motivation and he said I wanted to create a group but I was just way too tired to create origin stories so they were just born with it. All their powers, they were just born with it. It's just, like, I'm sure that the guy interviewing him was expecting these long, beautiful origin stories. Well, you know, Rogue had done this and was exposed to this. Nope, born with it. Done. You're all genetic mutants because it makes it so much easier to write the book. Yeah. And I, I love him for that. And I think it gave him the, the, the open window to create anything. Anything whatsoever. Well, and again, you involve the entire population of Earth at that point. If it's yep, really exactly. a genetic, you know, deficiency or mutation or change, whatever that is, you know, like right, it could be anybody. Which is cool. Oh, going back to the Sue Storm thing. So I went to see the new Fantastic Four. I I I've been told it was not quite fantastic. I, yeah, I, I have not that. seen it. That I'm waiting for Netflix for that one. So my two words to describe this film were morbidly disappointed. Really? I was I got up in the middle. 
to powder my nose. I never get up. I will hold it. If there's still two hours left, if it's a good movie, I will hold it. Urinary tract be damned. I will hold it. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. This movie, no problem. Got up, powdered my nose, got popcorn, walked back in. Didn't miss anything. And the Sue Storm was cute and smart, but she was mousy and very quiet and... Well, because that's what appeals to Mr. Fantastic. She even get he to is, go on the adventure that creates. Like, you know, that the character of Mr. Fantastic is so domineering and overbearing, and he doesn't even realize it. So in this movie, he's just, he's an oblivious boy. He's a boy about science. And he does recognize, like, her and who she is and how smart she is. And that to build the machine he wants to build, he's going to need her. And it turns out she's not even helping build the machine. She's building the suits. She's making their outfits for the trip. It's fantastic. And then when they go off on the on on the adventure with a Victor Von Doom, who is the most emo thing I have ever seen in my life. Okay, I now wanted, you're selling me on this film. I'm going to have to go see I it. I just wanted to give him like a Xanax and a hug. It was just, it's like... It'll all be better It soon. will. Talk about no, cool villains. Victor Von Doom is awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's delicious. And they completely just... Emasculate him. It, it's, they just turn him into this, like, whatever. You Are know, you hair kidding? flipper. Oh, like, he's just, he's this genius who gets upset and, like, something doesn't go his way. He so rules he bl- his own country. He blows up the lab because he's mad. Well, fine, I'm taking my lab and I'm dissolving it into tiny particles and I'm going home. So you can't have it either. And then Sue Storm is really smart but and she she comes out with the outfits which is great um but uh reed is comes up with the this transporter with his buddy oh god what's the thing's real name again ben Grimm. ben Grimm. ben helps him build it but ben's not the smarts behind it he's the engineering behind it but when it comes to actually building the real machine, they don't bring in Ben, who helped him the first time. They bring in um, uh, Flame Boy, Storm, Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm is this, you know, you know, I I don't want to follow the rules, Dad, and races cars, but it's a genius in engineering. So they build this ship, to this transporter to figure out where it's going, and then when it's finished and they do the test. They, uh, the people who fund it want to take it to, well, let's call NASA. What do you mean, NASA? Well, they're the ones who are going to test this. And, well, no, we built it. Well, suck it, scientists. You get screwed over again. So they decide in the middle of the night after going out drinking in their, like, Victor Von Doom pulls out this little flask. And given the size of a flask, there is no way three grown men who are that muscular get loaded off that wee tiny flask. Unless it's like a thousand proof. It's concentrated. Yes, because there's... 1,000 X, they're scientists. They made it in the lab. Precisely. Okay, well, there you go. So the still in they the corner... They should have explained that. They <laughs> <laughs> should have panned to the it, still it, it, it ended in on the, the cutting room scenes. floor. Oh, oh yeah. Floor. Clearly, clearly. It, so they build it... They, oh, in the middle of the night, they're... They call, they, Sue, we're going to go do... The, or No, they didn't even call Sue. They called Ben. I'm like, Ben, we're going to do this. And are you drunk? Just a little bit. Let's go work this 20 bazillion dollar machine while we're loaded, dudes. So they go and they self-launch, which hasn't been described to me how they can do that because they required the computers to monitor to monitor everything. So, like, I don't know how they managed to. Maybe he got an app for it. They went to the other planet. Something went a little crazy. They lose Victor Von Doom. They come back, and all of these things go wrong. And Sue Storm is in her lab, notices that something's wrong, 
goes to the lab and she's trying to bring them back. And so her powers are really an aftermath of this amazing journey to the other side of the universe. I, I, I still don't quite get why she didn't go with them. I don't either. Like, the whole time I'm like, where's Sue? Where's yeah. Sue? When is Sue going to be here? When is Sue going to be here? And it just doesn't happen. And it just, like, that right, I already was, I knew going in that this film was not going to be the best. But when they, I was really hoping, given all of this time, with TV shows and comics and movies and and really the public outcry and how you know people got really upset when when Black Widow didn't get a bigger you have this really neat opportunity to take a character and really elevate her and you just made her the secretary and it was frustrating. She has one job. She's one job. <laughs> She's she'll do it. It's a stupid one. <laughs> I love Galaxy Quest. Yes. I watched it this morning while I was getting everything ready. Um, I don't, it was just so morbidly disappointing. Like, I was disappointed almost to the point of death by this film, and I, I wanted it. it but it, isn't that the nature of Fantastic Four films? I mean, like, the first one was, <laughs> was made not to be released, just to preserve the franchise. Right. That's right. The really has, has there one. ever been a good Fantastic Four film? I, yeah, think, I don't think so. I, I've, never I've never seen never a good seen Fantastic one. Four film. That's just sad. It's an it, you know, it, it, it's it's a classic comic book grouping. Yeah. Um, they have historically they have some really interesting storylines. Uh, you know, Ben Grimm's storylines are fabulous. I mean, t- talk about tragic hero you know you don't get any more than Ben Grimm Mm. you know Johnny Storm being who he is I mean he's just sexy as he can be so he's Johnny Storm and then the whole marital dynamic between uh, Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Girl is just you know there's so much there that you can work with so I've never really understood why those films have been so poorly done because there's so much potential there. They've, they've, just, they've ended up being the comic book whipping child. Well, I think a lot of it is is that, you, you know, it appears to me that the, that the, 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 the film and television adaptations of comic books that truly succeed are the ones that are written and done by people who understand comic books, who mm. understand that mode of storytelling, the, the, the visual and the plot and the story, and they get it. Mm-hmm. The ones that don't, I, I, all I can think of is, is that they're written and directed by people who go, oh, God, it's a comic book. Good, I don't have to work hard. You know, it's just a comic book. It's not like it's a real story. Mm. Which, if you've ever read comic books, you know that's not the case because that is the appeal of them, is that there are these amazing in-depth, tragic storylines and jubilant storylines and um, just every single character has a story and the the best part is when that's embraced and the story unfolds and it's beautiful and dimensional and dynamic and when it falls flat and it's stereotypes and cookie cutter and whatever, it's incredibly disappointing. So... 
I don't know where I was going with that, but that's where I went. <laughs> oh, well, it was the disappointment. I just want to get a picture of our work table here that, you know, with our beverages and snacks. We know how to throw a podcast, right, yo? Um, it was the whole Fantastic Four thing that it's become the whipping child. That it it just sadly has become, It was a. it's been a piece that has been rolled out to people who just don't care. Mm-hmm. Who just don't care. And mm-hmm. I... I agree. In order to do it right, I feel like you've got to have a passion for it. And Mm. luckily, we've got a lot of these, you know, directors and executive producers now who have, you know, grown up with some of this stuff who are getting enough power and respect in their own industry that they can start doing projects that they're more interested in, which I think when they have an opportunity to do something like this, you know, again, it's nostalgic, it, you know, it feels good, it's something that they're passionate about, and so then I think, right, like you said, you know, those are the folks who end up doing it right. They realize that it's not just, you know, that it is, you know, part storytelling, part visual, you know, part, you know, emotion and how you're conveying that, you know, to folks, and so, and that every single one of these characters has more depth to them than just a one two hour movie you know can convey and so you really need your actors you need to pick the right actors too I mean so maybe some of it too I mean we see it in like regular TV and sitcoms or whatever if you have the right group of actors the right ensemble mm. things are going well and they all you know and it gels and it and it's funny and it's great and then you have those that just aren't so I wonder if they just haven't you know in addition to maybe not having the right you know directing editing, you know, executive producing teams on board, if, you know, for some of these Fantastic Four things. I mean, Avengers could have been a huge mess if they didn't have the, some of the powerhouses in those particular mm-hmm. roles, mm-hmm. too, in terms of actors. So, I mean, maybe well, we just well, haven't I mean, had the right mix it. there, either. Robert Downey Jr. Jr. is the only person who can play Tony Stark, because oh, he is yes. Tony yes. Stark. Yes. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, thank goodness for us in fandom world that he actually agreed and did that. I mean, again, you can still have the, like, exact right person for it. And if they have no interest or, you know, scheduling doesn't allow, you know, then right. you, you miss an opportunity. And then all of a sudden, you know, the franchise will not be what it could be. So I had high hopes for Ryan Reynolds in Green Lantern because I, the Green Lantern I knew had kind of that little snarky-tude, and I thought it would be good. Mm-hmm. And was again, I was just disappointed, not morbidly disappointed, but disappointed, because I don't think the story was built right. Yeah, I, I think, think the Blake Lively character, I oh, think that, she right, we shouldn't have had, right, I mean, it shouldn't have been about, like, you know, half-romance, something. It just should have been, you know, Green Lantern, and then it could have been fine. I'll be honest, something kind of goofy, I enjoyed Green Hornet. With, um, that was, like, Seth Rogen, was that right? Yeah, yeah. And I know that that was, you know, kind of goofy, but again, I mean, like, him and the, you know, the sidekick guy in the car. I want to add, sir, first, I love that you brought your daughter to the comic book shop, so good parenting there. Do you read comic books? No? Uh, what if you if you read what kind of comic book if it, if we could make you your perfect comic book what would you like? Or how about ponies? No. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's the cutest dad daughter combo here, and that's. Hi, I'm sorry. I just was excited to see a fun girl in a in, and with sparkly sandals. And I want a Transformer shirt on. And a Transformer shirt on. You are awesome. 
That's excellent parenting. <laughs> well done, you. I'm sorry. I just think that. Like, she's running around a comic book shop. Yay! Um, oh, Green Hornet, you were talking about. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, just, you know, while we were sort of, like, on the, you know, talking about folks, that was a little unexpected for me, and I didn't have any preconceived notions going in because I wasn't reading those books uh-huh. ahead of time, so I was just able to sort of in- enjoy it. Um because it was a little campy and it was, you know, like I, I enjoy so like Guardians of the Galaxy. They're starting to oh, infuse comedy yes, into yes. these things and I really like it. Like yes. if you can if you have the right kind of people who can pull off the you know, the, the snarkiness with the, you know, actual action and, you know, good intent of a hero. I Oh, I love that. But it's I so hard to, to tell ahead of time because mm. I, I remember when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. <laughs> there was, yes. And all I could think of was, are you insane? Michael Keaton couldn't possibly play Batman in a million years. And I will be the first to admit, I was wrong. You know, I was wrong. Yeah. I loved him as Batman. I well, I loved him in Mr. Mom and I loved him in you know, funny, funny things and but I've seen there was one serious movie that he did that I think I saw and I thought, Okay, he might be able to pull it off. And then with when the new iteration of Batman with um the Joker, um uh Heath Ledger. Yes. Well, the outcry, but I've seen Heath Ledger do Hamlet. And I've seen him right. do, you know, Ten Things I Hate About You. And, you know, A Knight's Tale and just all these amazing films. So I knew he had the range and I knew he was going to take it to a crazy, crazy place. But I, if there's somebody that I feel like, uh, no, no, they're not going to do a good job. I try and go back and look at their body of work. So I have been slowly changing a little bit of my opinion with Superman versus Batman because I can't. Ben Affleck plays two characters, crappy superhero or the dude from Chasing Amy. Or, well, then there's a third where he was in Argo and Gone Girl. So really dark, deep drama, I love him in. And crazy, kooky Kevin Smith stuff, I love him in. But when he tries to do anything else, I just, all I see is that sideways smirk. Disaster, yeah. I don't know what to feel. And then I'm, I'm I'm, I really want them to take some care with Wonder Woman. I, mm-hmm. I just don't want them to screw that up. I love her. I grew up loving her. I, I, I want them to give a lot of respect to her character and have her not just be, a, like in the sidecar. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in, in what kind of backstory they're going to give her because she's had several over the years. They're talking about there's a there's a possibility of her having a backstory of being part Kryptonian. So okay. When the Kryptonians dropped off those ships everywhere, that some of them survived because some of the pods were broken open uh-huh. and empty when Soups was walking around his ship in the newest Superman. Yeah. That they, like, that they might be part like Kryptonian, they that they're descendants of those critters that managed to survive. So they went back in time. No, so that machine, so when Krypton was about to explode, or when they were explorers, per the lore in the newest movie, they sent out ships to explore the universe. And so the ship that landed on Earth, however many years before Earth uh, 
Because it took Kal-El, like, uh, I don't know how long to get to Earth. Right. But over that time, that ship had been there. Maybe there were some survivors. And with time and interbreeding with the species, that that it 10,000 years ago, yes, Kryptonians did show up. But they the few that survived did their best. And they created this whole new population. And that that could be the backstory. That that's uh, a link for Wonder Woman to be part Kryptonian. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting, but I love the mascara. I'm, I, I'm yeah, trying to... Yeah, Amazonian sort of, you know, backstory sort of well, that, seems the, established the whole, already. The whole, you know, backstory of, of how they ended up, you know, on this island in the middle of nowhere, man-hating as they were, is just... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would totally be there, you know, having gone through what they went through, so... Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll see. I just I'm 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 hoping that they give it the respect that I would like to see, and that I could proudly like. Yes, little girl, would you like to learn about girl superheroes? You can watch this. Ignore the boys and just see. There's a really strong girl. Go be strong and awesome. And see her working with people instead of but, but, for but people. But you know what I want to see? I want to see. Hey, little boy, let's watch this film about superheroes. Gosh, women are strong. Yes. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Hey, I little girl, look at this story about superheroes. God, men can be really awesome. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. We're seeing enough of the men are awesome. I want to see more of the girls are awesome. I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I don't know I if it's you. my hormones talking. I don't know. You know, because women, we're all, we're all fueled by our hormones. Some more than others. Mm. I don't know. I want to say, speaking, I, I love that you guys sat with me to talk about this and that you let me record it and that we're in the comic shop. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. This was awesome. He's waving. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to wonder how many times in the past hour he's been biting his tongue going. <laughs> you could have interjected. Totally, dude. I didn't have anything to interject with. Okie dokie. Well, next time, get some notes. <laughs> but we covered, I think, a lot of interesting and fun things. Um, and it's, I just like talking about it. And I, I've learned at work there are a couple of people that one of the guys who sits next to me actually, re- he loves comic books. So every once in a while I can have a little moment with him. But it's nice to, to just to discuss it and to get deep into it. I mean, I don't know how deep we got into it. I just like yammering about it. So I'm just going to zip it and say thank you to both of you ladies. Thank and you. Thank yeah, you, diners, for, for joining us at the dinette and uh, and hearing us discuss this this topic, which now I'm losing words, which is really shocking for me because I could go for hours. Um, so thank you. And don't forget to do your dailies. Feed your critter. <laughs> have it a lovely episode of the sci-fi dinette uh the boys will be back next time and i want to thank you for listening i want to thank Anne and lauren two very very special friends who i adore with my heart and soul i loan them my comics they don't even have to wear gloves that's how important they are to me (laughs) anyway thank you ladies so very much and again to game on comics you guys were amazing to let us come in and i really appreciate you for that again that's game on comics you can find them at gameoncomics.com 
Kingdom. And they've got games, they've got comics, they have magic. Every Wednesday night, uh, I walk in there and it's just filled with people. It's kind of cool. Um, they have D&D on Sundays, also awesome. But the, it's just a great place to hang out. Um, thank you again, Game On. I appreciate you and I love you. Well, that's it. Uh, again, thanks for listening. And if you've got something to add, please let us know. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Diner. You can find me on the Twitters at uh, S-I-E-I-R-O. Um, you can find us on the web, of course, at www.scifidinerpodcast.com. Um, yeah, that's about it. This is usually where the guys say their things. And uh, then I say my thing. So do your dailies. <laughs>